0: Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations. Vegas Nation sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up.
1: You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Wednesday, which means it's time for Takeaways with me. Heidi
2: Fang. So I've been here three years now, and it's kind of been fun for me to watch the evolution of both the draft picks and, and the college free, agent, free agents and, you know, what you're trying to do in the uh, with free agency. Um, I think from a draft pick perspective, it's kind of been fun, again, for year three for me to kind of look back at 19 and see who's become leaders on this team. You know, and see some of those guys. Like even on the third day of the 2019 draft, guys like Max Crosby, um, Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro, all three of them are leaders now, uh, along with Clee, along with uh, Josh. Um, John's been really good. Trayvon's had his. Most. So that that class is is kind of growing up, and for me, that's fun to see them year three. They're they're growing into men now. Um, last year's group t- took a little bit of a step up, I think, this year in camp with uh, you know two first-round picks. Uh, Ruggs came in uh, a little bit different guy. Um, you can feel his speed more than last year. I've liked the way he's approached this camp, and I think Casey Hayward's been a really steadying influence on him. Uh, Brian Edwards everybody's excited about. John Simpson's playing his tail off. and I think one of the cool stories of this camp is Amik. Ameek looks like the guy we saw back, two years ago in college, both inside and outside. Um, and then this year's group, um, Jimmy Morris, he goes to practice squad, but everybody else is on the team. And there's been some pretty good stories there from top to bottom. So um, that's a long way to say that uh, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. It's kind of cool to see some of these guys uh, grow up. Uh, it was fun watching this year's draft picks. I think they kind of are who we hoped they would be, but we're still in the preseason, so we'll have to see.
1: Welcome everybody to the takeaways edition of the Vegas nation podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang. And today I have a great show lined up for you. I've got pro football talks. Miles Simmons joining me. We're going to talk about all the Raiders moves and what Mike Mayock had to say today. That was Mayock there just at the opening of the show and this show. Takeaways is brought to you by Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus of up to $500 when you sign up. All right, everybody. My other guest, as I said, I have two, is Darren Waller, Raiders tight end. You're going to hear from him after he partnered his foundation with Landmark Recovery about what that meant to him, his program, and also the lives that he changed with his grants that he issued from the foundation. But first, let's first hear from miles Simmons. We're going to talk right now all about what's going on with the Raiders and their roster. It's my good friend former colleague. He's now with pro football talk. It's miles a Simmons. I just want to say that because when you put the middle initial in there, it lets people know how important he is and how serious we're taking this podcast today with miles on the show. He's going to join me here right now. Talk about all the 53 men that the roster has on it for the Raiders and maybe even some surprises. We heard from general manager, Mike Mayock. We're going to get into that as well, but first miles, how are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing great, Heidi. Anytime I get to talk to you and talk football with you, it's a good day.
1: I agree, my friend, because it's just like old times walking back It is For those of you who don't know, Miles was with us on this Raiders beat. We've had many crazy uh, experiences. I think last time we talked about uh, being in the cold in Denver, walking through blizzards and stuff
0: true yes yeah that did happen it's crazy no Heidi like we started working together almost two years ago it's just over two years ago that we started working together it doesn't feel like it's been that long or that Hmm. short I don't know it just doesn't feel like it's been that time yeah it's true
1: (laughs) it's our it's our says speaks to the core of our friendship and how much we bonded Miles
0: it's very true Ah,
1: I love that you're doing what you are now. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because you really see it all. You do it all over there. Pro football talk now. And with your astute analysis, I'd first like to get your thoughts on Mike Mayock saying that the 53 man roster is a fluid thing coming right off the bat with the cuts.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that it is really fluid, especially this year where there's so much more time between where they pick that roster and then when the first game is because now you don't have the fourth preseason game and i think you know we all went through last year and it was strange and odd and awkward probably to not have any preseason games at all um and you know some of us thought that that was great i mean but i think for roster construction when you don't really have a real training camp and then you don't have the preseason games to evaluate guys with. It makes things a lot different, but now there's just more time to churn through guys on the back end of that roster in order to make sure that your depth is exactly where you want it to be heading into week one. And so I think that there, there's going to be like a lot of moves going on. And I think, you know, across the league, you saw that today, a bunch of different guys were claimed in a bunch of different places, none for the Raiders. Um, But I think that's going to continue to happen um, as teams see guys in practice that they may have, haven't necessarily had, or you know, you've got a lot fewer guys, and then you think, well, we can do a little bit better there. And you've got another scout, and you're probably, maybe it's even a college scout that says, "Hey, man, like there's somebody that's on that practice squad that probably would be better at X position, at Y position, at Z position." So because of that, there's going to be, I think, a lot of guys churning through. Um, different, the back ends of different rosters over the course of the next week, week and a half.
1: With the Raiders predicament being right now that their linebacker core is kind of depleted. Had you seen anybody on like cuts or falling out into the universe that you think the Raiders could benefit from
0: having? So, It's not even a guy that was cut. I I think KJ Wright is still somebody that the Raiders have to have in consideration. Right. And and it's because he knows the system. It's the same sort of thing as Denzel Perryman who may or may not be a little bit cheaper for the Raiders. And that's why they went out and got him. And obviously Perryman was with Gus Bradley and the most of that defensive staff uh, more recently with the chargers. Um, But I just think that if, if you really want depth, Right, And you've now got guys at, you know, your defensive line spot with Gerald McCoy, really good defensive leader, right? Veteran guy can come in and help teach these guys, bring these guys up. Casey Hayward has done that in the back end by all accounts, right? For guys like Damon Arnett, for Trayvon Mullen, he's been really, really good. And we keep hearing that um, from Raiders coaches and different Raiders players too. I think if you get somebody like KJ, right, who's been so successful in the league in that linebackers group it's gonna only make them better and that's not to say that Corey littleton nick wikowski those guys they're bad you know i don't necessarily think that they are bad if they're in the right scheme were they in the right scheme last year probably not clearly not i guess we could say since uh paul gunther got fired right and they've replaced him so there are i think ways that the raiders defense can get better and that's probably one of them um, but I think at the same time, it's like, all right, you want to see what Denzel Perryman can do. Is he enough for that position group? I don't know, but like, that's the one guy that I would have to say, you know, I, I would if I'm a Raiders fan or if I'm the Raiders brass, I'm still monitoring that because I think he can still help a team.
1: And in this new Group, you talked about it there. Gus Bradley, we know about the cover three, we know about like what he did with guys like Cam Chancellor and how he made this whole legion a boom. And your take, because a lot of people have been saying this on what Jonathan Abram can do in the box versus how they were utilizing him last year. I wanted to get your take on how effective you think he might be in that position.
0: Well, you know, one thing that stuck out to me, and I I went to the Raiders and uh, Rams practice out here in Southern California uh, two weeks ago now, I guess it was. And I could tell that the Raiders knew more of what they were trying to do and trying to accomplish. And I was struck by the fact that the pass rush started looking like they were getting home a little bit. They forced three interceptions off of Matthew Stafford. And I think one of the things that Abram does well is plays in the box and plays in run support. It's something that he's always done really well. You know, sometimes he can be like a heat seeking missile. And so if you have somebody like that who can play in the box, it's going to make your run defense better. And a lot of it too is can your D tackles be guys who can take up blockers and allow those linebackers and Abram who, I mean, if you think about it is almost effectively a linebacker in some spots that lets them be able to run around and make plays. Now, by that same token, you also have to have Jonathan Abram play in a way that's controlled and disciplined. And I think that that's something that he just hasn't done. Because one of the things that really stood out about that practice was late in the team sessions, Jonathan Abram basically comes over and tries to rip Robert Wood's head off. He hit him in a way that was legal and in a way that stopped practice for a little bit because it was a non let me put it this way it was the kind of hit that you shouldn't do in practice right and you shouldn't do it ever because if you do it it's going to be 15 yards and it was in a two-minute drill too so you're Mm -hmm. basically allowing um these guys to advance even further i mean honestly it's like when ryan fitzpatrick got his head you know twisted off right and Mm -hmm. you allow those guys to go further down the field and kick a field goal because you're adding 15 yards to what it is that they're already doing so You can't play that way and you certainly shouldn't be doing that in practice, whether it's against your own team or against somebody else's team. It's a little bit disrespectful. So I think that that's always been the thing with Abram. Can you play controlled and disciplined? And if he can, you know, channel all of the things that he does really well into playing in a legal way, then Yes. Like that is somebody who's going to look like he's worth the first round pick, but if he continues to be undisciplined and just goes around and hits everybody and, you know, you get friendly fire stuff too, like that's not helpful for anybody.
1: I'm so curious now because you said you were down there with those joint practices. I did not know that all these yes. little scuffles that happened down there. Roderick Teamer's name came up in the middle of a lot of them. He made the 53 man roster. I wasn't quite sure that was going to happen with him originally. Um, did you get any takes on Roderick Teamer when you were down there and what, what did you think of him and kind of the same thing that you just mentioned with Abram being able to control himself in situations?
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because it, My impression was like, there were kind of some things that the Raiders were doing to just get the Rams off their game and off their tempo. And like, in some ways that's good. And in others, it's not right, because that means that you're getting less work than you want to in practice. And so Timur was sort of involved in those different kinds of things. But I think he's another guy where you look at the safety position and it's interesting because. You just look at him and you think, all right, this is somebody where you can see him growing and you, you can see that how he could grow and be effective in the defense. And and so I think that, you know, when you see him in the preseason games and you see him flying around and running around and different things like that, it, it makes it encouraging and safety is one of those positions that's almost like running back on the offense where If you latch on and you can learn, then you can grow a lot easier than in other positions where like defensive end, you know, like, you know, usually who's going to be a very good defensive end right away. But safety is one of those positions where, I mean, it's covering the league as long as I have. You just notice that guys can come in, they can play special teams as safeties, and then a year or two down the road, especially as undrafted free agent safeties, they can then step in and be effective in the back end. And so I think that that's something that Teamer could potentially do and not not say, you know, whatever, but I, I think that he's one of those guys where eventually you can see him stepping up and making plays.
1: All right, people who need to step up and make plays with this team, Miles, and you know this because it was part of uh, what needed to step up when you are here, we're here, the defensive line. Oh, yeah. Have the Raiders done enough here with the guys that they've brought in? Gerald McCoy, Solomon Thomas, Unique Ngakwe, Quentin Jefferson. Are these guys going to be able to push the pressure when they need it? And are they like guys like Max Crosby and Unique and Ngakwe? Are they going to be able to team up and really start getting some pressure on the quarterback here?
0: Well, I, I was struck by what Mike Mayock said in his press conference, which was basically that the defensive line hasn't done anything yet and they really need to step out and prove it. And, mm-hmm. you know, basically, I believe he said, like, ask me in two, three weeks yeah. while I think about this defensive line, mm-hmm. because at this point, a lot of those guys have done certain things on an individual level. We've seen Ngakwe, I think, effectively rush the passer for two different teams at an effective level we've seen max Crosby since he was a rookie be the Raiders best pass rusher. Okay. And there's no way to dispute that. Uh, even if you want to say nice things about Cleveland Furrow, which you could, I mean, he's done some different things on the inside, but look, you've got your fourth round pick. That's been better at the things that you expect a number four overall pick to do. And, you know, we can say whatever we want, but, when your fourth round pick in his third year is on the starting line and your number four overall pick is the rotational guy, that's not an ideal situation. Okay. So I just feel like Ngakwe has been a probably really good addition. I was struck by how effective he looked uh, against Andrew Whitworth in those joint practices. I thought he was doing a nice job. He was being disruptive um, in the backfield, but at the same time like that's a practice right it's not like they were scheming for those guys up front you know you're trying to run your stuff and you know what's coming and like it's kind of like just okay well what are we going to do if this comes up and how do we perform um so i think that once we see this team against a team like baltimore right where they're going to run the absolute bejesus out of the football we know that um, how are they going to be able to try to set up third and long so that Lamar Jackson has to pass? Because if you can't stop the run against um, a Baltimore team, and we know like, how effective they are running football, like that's just their MO, you know? And they've tried to get better uh, at passing the ball. They went out, they got Sammy Watkins, they drafted Rashad Bateman. He's going to be out for a little bit is after undergoing groin surgery. But like, they're still going to run the hell out of the football. Like that's just who they are. If you can't stop that, then it doesn't really matter what you try to do to, to rush the passer because it's going to be third and two and third and one the whole time and they're going to get, they're going to get a first down anyway. Um, so I'm interested to see how they do against Baltimore and then how that affects what they do down the road because you'll you want to say that this defense looks a lot better. I mean, it did look a lot better in the joint practice that I saw. But until they actually go out and prove it, You really don't know. And I think that this unit does have a lot to prove.
1: Speaking of lots to prove, we know about Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, that crew over there, the flip side of the ball, wide receivers. Uh, what did you make of the John Brown situation with him asking to be released, even though I think part of it came from the fact that he was playing in the third preseason game and going like, what am I going to be like a depth piece? Like, you know, what, what do you think was behind all of this?
0: Well, you can say that he asked to be released, but it, in some ways, like it, it's almost like a guy that's about to get fired. Then he says, no, I resign. You know, it's almost like a little bit saving face because were they going to keep him anyway? I I just don't know. I mean, you've got guys, like you said, Henry Ruggs is there. Brian Edwards is there. Renfro is there. You've got Zay Jones, who apparently had a really, really nice training camp. And they've said a lot of good things about him, both Mayock and John Gruden. And then Willie Snead. Those are five receivers that I can see at least rotating in on the field. And maybe John Brown would have been a sixth guy, but when you have somebody like Snead who Mack was talking about today and he, you know, he can play all of the positions at wide receiver. Could John Brown do that for you? Maybe, but you're not necessarily going to want him to. So I think that in some ways, yeah, it's like your agent gets that out there and you're saving face a little bit by saying, I, uh, you know, I think I would like to go elsewhere when they might've tried to send you elsewhere. Anyway.
1: Miles, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate all of this insight. I think uh, we have to get together. regularly i would say just to keep doing this because i love talking football with you and i could have asked you another 10 questions just sitting here because it's good conversation as always so thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it you can find him on twitter at miles a simmons and that's miles with the y two m's and the simmons everybody so make sure you give him a follow miles thank you so much for coming on of course Eddie, anytime let's take a quick break when i come back we'll be joined by darren waller
0: Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas, so download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.
1: Welcome back. It's time now to get into this next interview with Darren Waller. I want to break this one down for you first before I start it rolling. Uh, Darren Waller and his foundation partnered with Landmark Recovery in Las Vegas and gave out three grants to young adults who were suffering from addiction and needed to find a way to get rehab but couldn't quite afford what they needed to be able to get themselves into a program that could really help get them started on a path to recovery. So Darren Waller's foundation created these grants and they interviewed a bunch of people for them. And three people were chosen to receive these grants. At the event, Darren Waller was able to meet with the three of them. Their names are Heather, Gregory, and Desmond. And what a moment that was. I was inside the room and it was just so powerful, especially when they all told their stories. Desmond basically had said that he would have been dead in three weeks without this program, without this grant, that he was emaciated, that he was on basically every drug imaginable, anything that he could get his hands on he was doing. But the grants that Darren Waller's foundation was able to award them with changed his life, and hopefully he can stay on the path to recovery. But, but here's Darren Waller talking about that event and also his own sobriety. What has that meant, first of all, for you to start up this partnership with this foundation?
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it, it means a lot to be able to partner with Landmark. Uh, you know, seen and heard great things that they're doing for the lives of these people, uh, people that need help, people that need guidance, that are that are desperate, and they can come here and you know really turn their lives around. So to be able to link with them and to be able to allow people to come here and. Continue to feel and experience that transformation is, is amazing.
1: Today, we got to hear some of those stories, people that you've literally saved their lives. What did it, like, how did that impact you hearing their stories and knowing how you helped them?
3: Uh, I mean, that was just amazing. Um, and, the, and they come in here and you think that, you know, they may not want to say anything, but they're, they were just like oozing joy and, you know, oozing just excitement about their journey that they're on now and how grateful they are to be on it. And to just hear their experiences here, where they came from here, where, you know, just the, the joy t- that they had to come here and to just go to work on themselves and really look at themselves honestly and to see what they need to do to change. Um, it's I mean, my day is made. Uh, I, my car could go out on uh, the highway and I could be in the heat all day, but that my day has been made after that.
1: When you talk about like those moments that when people realize like, hey, you know, I need to get help. What was that moment for you?
3: uh yeah it was for me it was like i overdosed you know i come home and i'm just like man like i don't know what i'm doing you know I, th- I had this you know thing on my mind where i thought i was in control i thought i had everything in line but it was like i realized i didn't So it was like what do i do from here and uh i was able to go to treatment myself and it was like you know Why don't i don't want to take it serious this time because i went to a couple of outpatient programs and you know i was really good at manipulating and just kind of you know r- giving you the runaround and you know i just told people what they wanted to hear instead of really allowed it to work in my life. And so I went into my 30 day stay, and allowing it to really work. And, you know, it's laid the foundation of what people may see nowadays today on TV or the good things I'm doing now. It all came from me in that desperate time of, like they said, surrendering to the process and allowing it to really work in me and clean me out and allow me to, you know, present myself as who I really am.
1: You're really laying roots here in Las Vegas, like just being able to do this and you had the kids football camp not too far back. Um, for you, what is it meant to really get involved in the community this way?
3: Uh, it, it means everything. You know, that, that's the that's the real feeling that I've you know been chasing all along, you know, whether it was in like drugs or anything like that. It's like, you know, I want to be able to feel good or, you know, or to feel better about myself. But I get that through, you know, doing what I can to help somebody else, you know, have a better experience or. You know, improve their life in any way that they can and that gives me that feeling of you know like me being proud of myself and you know just you know, just feeling good about the life that I'm living feeling like I contribute something so you know doing these things really you know I know it does a lot for other people but it does so much for me as well and it's really like the feel that keeps me going
1: and that clarity that you seem to have now like when you look back now to the beginning of your NFL career to where you've come with the Raiders not just you know the yards and numbers things like that but I'm talking about like the clarity When you look back on the beginning of it, what was that like compared to now?
3: Um, Yeah, it was completely different. Um, You know, very isolated. Uh, You know, I didn't really have any relationships with my teammates. Uh, Those are things I cherish the most now relationships with my coaches. Uh, Just enjoying the day in and day out process, you know, the things that are the hard work of it, the preparation. I didn't enjoy those things before. I really just wanted the results, I really just wanted it easy, the path of least resistance. But now, you know, I value the work that goes into everything. And then that makes you appreciate things more when, it, when they do happen and the results happen like you do want them to. But uh, it's, nowadays it's more like being connected with the people that are around me, my teammates, my coaches, um, the fans, you know, being, just feeling that connection and knowing that, you know, it's not something that is for me. It's not a, a single-person game. It's a team game. It's a team atmosphere. And when you immerse yourself in that, that's when you can really feel the joy of it and just enjoy it all.
1: You pointed to a tattoo when you were speaking with uh, the people that received the grant here. Uh, what, what tattoo was I missed it when you showed it? Oh, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah just it just for today. Okay, All just for today. right there. How many of these are actually, like, reminders to you of the experiences that you've been through, your
3: tattoos? Um, tattoos? Yeah, most of them are, are yeah. reminders. You know, I could probably, I could probably go through a, a whole bunch <laughs> of them, but this just for today one,
2: yeah. you know, it's
3: a, it's a common phrase used in, uh, you know, treatment areas, recovery meetings, things of that nature, but it's just like, you know, we can get so anxious and think that we have to figure our lives out uh, so many years down the road or have this detailed plan for what our life's going to look like when really it's like, you know, if we can just handle what we handle today, you can keep us out of that anxiety, you can keep us out of that shame from the past and allow us to, you know, every moment that comes in our life, the ones that come in the future is a, is a present moment, is a, is a today. Tomorrow is going to be a today at some point. So if I handle today, then my tomorrow is going to be that much more better.
1: Four years. What has that? What's that milestone like for you? Knowing that you've four years sober now.
3: Um, yeah, just looking back, it's like it feels like it's been forever, but at the same time, it feels like it it flew by. Uh, it's just a very surreal feeling, just knowing that me trying to negotiate with myself, like then, like thinking that they could stop, but I could. I was the same way. I couldn't really stop either. I was gonna say, you know, I could stop tomorrow, but I was like, I don't know. I'm gonna go through the weekend and then stop another time. So it's like I can never really stop, and it was like four, like legit four days, seemed like. It wasn't going to happen, but to have four years is just really looking at it as individual days that are stacked up. And now I can look back and be like, oh, wow, like some good things are happening. It's because I just handled it just for today.
1: Do you still carry that like theory, like every day when you go maybe like to to treatment or not treatment, excuse me, but to like counseling or to get help and speak with people and meetings, things like that. Is that still the mentality?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's that every You know everything that i do every day where i you know i write in my journal or i go to therapy or i go to a meeting or i have an honest conversation with somebody that's that's me investing in myself it's me investing in th- this new life that i've built and that i'm continuing to build and knowing that it takes that work it takes those daily investments in order to keep it what it is because if i stop if i stop investing in it then it'll deteriorate like like an a, like a account would like a business would like you know. That, that's what would be my life. So I just try to make sure that I'm plugging in every single day. Like I told them, not remembering why I'm doing this, not remembering that desperate feeling, like I have to channel that every single day into what I do. And then, you know, it's gonna be so much easier for me to motivate myself to do what I need to do.
1: Just last one, how does anybody that wants information on this um, program get involved? Where can they go? What websites, where do they find the information? Uh,
3: Yeah, all foundation related things are on darrenwaller.org, donation links, uh, program descriptions uh upcoming events um it can all be found there thank you so
1: much I really appreciate the time thank you thank you appreciate it that'll do it for this episode of takeaways i really want to thank both of my guests darren waller and miles simmons i can't tell them both how much i appreciate their time coming on the show make sure you keep up by following me on twitter at heidi fang also on vegasnation.com you can find all of our great raiders content but that'll do it for me this week thank you so much for listening
0: Locals know, the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas, so download the STN Sports app today. Download and get a bonus up to $500 when you sign up at any of our convenient locations.